So we're starting a new series today called How Are You Really? Uh, last month I was at uh, lunch with a friend, Ron, who comes to our church here, and I gave, he gave me permission to kind of share this with you. We sat down at the table, and we did the normal thing we all do, right, where you sit down and you look somebody in the eyes and, and you ask the question, how are you, right? And so I asked him, and he said, good, and then he asked me, and I said, good, and then we both looked at each other and started laughing because we know each other well enough to know what's going on in one another's lives and that we're both not really doing good at all. And so I, I think about how you and I just often do that without even thinking. It's just what comes out of our mouth. How are you good? How are you good? It just comes out. We don't, we don't think about it. We don't even uh, compute maybe the fact that we're not good at all, that we're in maybe a bad place. We're struggling, and it just sort of comes out. There's a comedian named Brian Regan, and he talks about sort of those things that fly out of our mouth that we don't even really think about, you know? And one of the phrases he, he brings up is, you too. And he talks about how you are dropped off at the airport, and the cabbie says, have a good flight. And you go, you too. And then you're like, wait, 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 you're not going on a flight, right? Or you sit down for dinner, and the waitress says, enjoy your meal. You too, later, when you have one, when you get home and you eat. And so I think it's one of those types of things, you know? How's your meal? Or enjoy your flight, rather, and you too. And in the same way, we say, how you doing? And we say, good. And many of us just aren't good. And when I say we're not good, I'm not saying God's not good. I'm not saying that we can't get to a place of joy or peace in God on any given day. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm just saying that a lot of us are going through stuff. In fact, in 26 years of ministry, I've never seen so many people going through so many things at the same time. Like so many people that I know are going through such deep and painful things, you know? Um, some people have all of the following going on. Finances are bad. The job is tough. Home life is rough. A loved one just passed. Somebody that we care for is in the hospital. A child, parent, or friend is having a severe uh, bout with emotional upheaval. There's anxiety or depression in trying to sneak into our heart. We're making a big decision. Like, there are just so many different things that people are going through all at once. And this is so important to talk about because emotional and spiritual health are a huge deal. What's emotional health? You can read it with me. It's our ability to cope with positive and negative emotions. It's the ability to, to work through some of that stuff, the ups and the downs of life. Now, if this person is still living, don't raise your hand, okay? But if you had like a grandparent or a great-grandparent who just said whatever they thought, just raise your hand real quick. It just, whatever they thought, it just came out, all right? We'll honor those still living, all right? But man, my great-grandma was this person. It was unbelievable. Like she would just, whatever she thought came out and it didn't matter how negative it was, you know? You just walk in, hey, great-grandma, how are you? She just look at you and go, your shoes are stupid. You're like, grandma, I don't really think shoes can be stupid. No, they can be, those, they're stupid. You're like, I love you, great-grandma. Well, what's the problem with great-grandma? Well, great-grandma lived through two world wars and the Great Depression and a lot of personal loss and she never dealt with any of it. Emotional health. Can I navigate the ups and downs? And when something comes into my mind, how do I handle that? And when someone is said, something is said to me, how do I handle that? And when something hard happens, how do I handle that? That's a emotional health. And I'll tell you what, people in this room, I think there are more of us struggling than we would admit. I think there are more of us wrestling with anxiety and depression. I think there are more of us that are just feeling sad. More of us, if we're honest, numbing out maybe even with alcohol and drugs. Listen, more of us, this is serious, more of us who have thought about taking our lives in the last two years than probably all the years living where church existed before that. And here is the worst part of it. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Our spouse may not know. 
Our parent may not know. Our friend may not know. Our pastor may not know. Our community group leader may not know. Nobody knows how bad maybe we're actually hurting. So how are you really? Emotional health, spiritual health. The, the health of our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus. How are we doing with that, really? Do you feel close to God? Are you angry at God? Is there some resentment that's built up in your heart toward God? Are you great with God? How are you really, and who are you talking about it all with? You know, I've been just reading articles, listening to podcasts, just sort of my normal go-to stuff. And recently, I've just heard time and time again, so many different people say that there are more people hurting than ever before, but less of us talking about it. And so how are you really? That's what we're going to look at for a few weeks. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to see today how involved God wants to be in your life. I want you to see how he wants to walk with you through the ups and downs. And I want you to see how important we all are to one another. If you're not here in the room, you are important to this church too. Many of you watching from your couch today or, or maybe listen to it later in the week on the treadmill or wherever you are, man, we're just so necessary for one another. And we're going to see how important it is today, whether you're in the room or watching online. And so Paul wrote a, a letter to the Corinthians. This is the second letter he wrote. And he talked about a whole wide range of things. But we're going to talk about something that really has to do with the heart of this series here today. Look at what just the first few verses say in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Everybody say compassion. compassion. Everybody say comfort. comfort. Man, these are two huge things. So we're going to start right here. This is who God is. God is a God of compassion and comfort. That is huge for a bunch of us who are emotionally and spiritually struggling with our health. God's a God of compassion and comfort. It starts with him right where he is. And I want you to see how this comfort works today, okay? So there's the kind of comfort that God gives us. It's just him right to us, okay? Anybody ever experienced that in your life? Just raise your hand real quick. God comforted you in some way in a moment. He gave you peace or joy or strength or whatever it might be, okay? A ton of us. But there's another kind of comfort. And the other kind of comfort is when God uses a middleman or a middle woman, Right? Anybody ever experienced that before? You're going through something difficult, and God just sent somebody your way. It was a hug. It was a prayer. It was an encouraging word. It was a scripture. It was just being there in the same room. It was a laugh. It was a joke. It was a meal sent. Like just somebody there, and God used that middleman. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the God who comforts us directly. But today, we're really going to look at the God who comforts us through one another. It's the middleman, the middlewoman. It's that person right there at the right time that he sends. And I know some of us today might say, but I don't have that person. Or some of us might say, I could never be that person for somebody else. But I want us to see today how Paul shows the Corinthians how intertwined all of their relationships are and should be. And so it goes on. It says, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Okay? So this is God comforting someone who's been through something and then says, okay, I want you to go ahead and take that comfort and I want you to bring it to somebody else. So a lot of you guys will recognize this, right? Panera bread. I think it's the, one of the best breads on planet Earth. Anybody like me and you could live on bread five, six days a week, like you could just be totally good with that, right? Oh my gosh. 
We'd have to start a whole new ministry for us all, though. But, man, bread is just incredible. And, you know, when I go to Panera Bread, I always ask for the bread that was just out of the oven. And I got this several hours ago. Panera opens at, like, 7 in the morning. And so I picked this up today, and it was hot. It was great. You get it out of the oven. It's, like, 8,000 degrees. You need surgery, but it's worth it because it's so good, right? And so if I go and we get bread and, and it's not hot, I text Kelly, hun, have one of the kids preheat the oven and we get home and we throw the Panera bread in the oven. Because there's nothing on planet Earth more comforting when it comes to food than warm bread. It's just so good. And so this bread represents the comfort you and I have received from God, okay? You went through something hard. Your marriage was struggling. You went to God. Your marriage fell apart. You went to God. You were struggling with an addiction. You went to God. You had your heart broken. You went to God. Uh, you lost a loved one. You went to God. And he comforted you, right? And so now, what do you do with all this comfort? Well, what he has you do is he has you break off a piece and you become a comfort dispenser. My man Sam took care of me in the hospital. I'm going to hook him up with some bread, right? You become a, Joe, come on, Joe. You become a, oh, man, another lucky fan. Here we go. We're going this section. Come on, Rosen. Yes. Oh, now we got to go this way. Who's getting it? Nick? No? No? Oh, they ducked. Did you see? They all ducked. Nobody wants comfort over here. But you get the comfort of God. And listen, then you become a comfort dispenser. That's the, that's the picture I'm hoping you and I will get today. You become a comfort dispenser. You become someone who spent time with God, and now you become the supplier to someone else. Someone's getting that bread. They're going to eat it. Somebody just got up to grab it. I love it. He's like, lunch. All right, good. But this is so important because the truth is a lot of us are so needing that comfort. Some of us have the comfort and we're ready to dispense it. Some of us have no comfort and we're just going, oh, man, I hope God sends a comfort dispenser around. I hope God sends somebody who will walk with me, even just be there, just a text, a hello, a how are you, a check-in, a prayer, someone in my life that just knows where I am. But listen, how, do, how does that happen? How does that, it, it has to start with us honestly answering the question, how are you really? Right, because there are people in this room and there are people online, right, in the, in the chat even right now. I, I looked at the chat just this morning and people online are writing in, hello, how's it going, Living Word Church, how are you? There's people there, there's people here that have comfort that can be dispensed, but we've got to be real first about, well, who needs the comfort? And there are people here who are just ready to give it, but they have to know who needs the comfort. And so I love this image from Paul. And, and what does the comfort look like? Well, it's, it's so simple. We, we know this, right? Well, God's been patient with me so I can be patient with you. God's been merciful to me and so I can be merciful to you. God has healed me so I can bring some healing to you. God has held me when I was broken and I can just hold you. God stood by me and so now I can stand by you. God has encouraged me that I'm going to get through this and I've been where you've been so I can go ahead and look you in the eyes and make sure that you know you're going to be okay. And some of us in the room need that person who has received the comfort from God and they can bring the mercy and the patience and the love and the grace that we so badly need. Do you see how intertwined all of this is? But we have to start out by answering the question honestly. How are you really, emotionally, spiritually? Verse 5. For just as we share, everybody say share. 
This is, this is the themes there, right? We're sharing. We're sharing in comfort. We're sharing in pain. We're walking through this. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And Paul here is talking about the suffering he experienced as a follower of Jesus, as someone who was starting churches and spreading the word of God all over the place. And he was receiving certain uh, different horrible treatment from people and he was arrested and he was beaten and he went through horrible things and so he says I share in the sufferings of Christ but also my comfort abounds through Christ Tom Constable says this read it with me regardless of how great our sufferings for Christ may be God will not only match them but exceed them with his comfort strength and encouragement amen more on that next week more on that no middleman stuff, God's comfort to us. But today, middleman, middlewoman. Look at what Paul says next about how connected we are. I love this. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Do you see how that all is just this one big loop? Oh, we're suffering, but you're giving comfort, and you're suffering, and we're giving comfort, and your comfort is our comfort, and our comfort is your comfort, and our sufferings are your sufferings, and your sufferings are our sufferings. You see how this is supposed to work? But again, we have to start somewhere with how are you? More than just good. More than just good. Okay, so some of you are thinking, Doug, I'm just not qualified for this. Man, maybe there's some people on the staff or something that are trained in this. Well, there are. That's great. Good. We're, we're happy to be in on this. But you are qualified to be a comfort dispenser. Why? Well, what difficulty have you gone through? Have you struggled in your marriage? Have you lost a child? Have you lost a job? Have you wrestled with depression? Have you walked through anxiety? Have you survived cancer? Have you lost somebody to cancer? Have you been divorced? Has God saved your marriage? Have you been abused? Has your heart been pretty beat up? You are qualified to be a comfort dispenser because those things you've been through end up being the thing that then you can bring comfort for to somebody else. And no one can bring that comfort like you because you've been through it. You know, somebody comes to me and you're like, oh, Doug, man, I was in the hospital just like you, man. Dude, we're going to have a conversation that other people can't have. And the same is true for you. The things you've walked through, it's ready, ready to dispense some comfort for somebody else. And, and you might be like, but Doug, I'm not even whole yet. Well, that's okay. And, and what's interesting is even in the sharing of the comfort, even in our brokenness, in a weird way, we, I think, find some strength and comfort in God in that process as well. I love what Tom Constable says. Any source of suffering or sadness, God's just going to exceed it with the things like comfort and strength and grace, right? And so you are in a very unique place because of how you've lived and what you've walked through. Even your own shortcomings. Even the ways you'd look back at life and think, man, I just messed up my life so badly in this way. Yes, well, that's exactly what God can help you use to protect others from maybe going the same way or helping others recover from something that they've experienced that you've experienced. Just like Jesus. One of my favorite things, I say this all the time, one of my favorite things about Jesus is that he gets me that he's felt what I feel. I so need that in Jesus. I don't know if you're like me. That is one of the top things I love about my Savior, is he understands my pain. 
and he understands where I've been. And look what it says in Hebrews 2. If you're, if you're not a follower of Jesus, especially listen in. It says, for this reason, he, Jesus, had to be made like them, fully human in every way. So he's fully God, but he's fully man, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Look at what Jesus has done for you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, he came, he died in our place, he suffered as we suffer. But if you are a follower of Jesus, look at what Jesus has done for you. He walked where you walk so that he can understand you and he can relate to you and he can be a comfort dispenser because he says, I have felt that. I know what it's like. I get it. And I'm just telling you, what do we have? 11, 10, 11 people on our church staff, right? Well, imagine hundreds of us turning into comfort dispensers. I mean, 10 or 11 people can meet with some people and encourage some people and and help some people, but hundreds of us on this island saying, I'll be a comfort dispenser, and hundreds of us here saying, I need comfort. Help me. Somebody come alongside me. Emotional, spiritual health, so important. And you know what's incredible? The bread we carry to one another is life. You know, you go to Panera, you get a loaf of bread on the side, you get some extra goodness. That's about all that's good for. No, no, no. When you and I bring the hope of Jesus to one another, because of the things we've walked through, we're literally carrying life to one another. The very comfort that God has given to us. Last month, I was going through something really painful, just on an emotional level. I was just really going through something difficult. And I reached out to a pastor friend that I was pretty sure had been through some of the same emotional struggles that I was having. And I just sent him a text and I said, hey man, here's what I'm going through. Like, do you get this? And he just wrote back, I so get it. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. If you know me, that's my love language is exclamation points. And so when he wrote that back, tears literally just filled my eyes. I'm like, man, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one wrestling with that feeling. Somebody else gets it. Somebody else understands. This guy is a pastor, but he's not a trained counselor. He's a great guy, but he's not even one of my closest friends. And yet God used the things he's been through to minister to me. And God wants to do that for you, and he also wants to do that through you but we have to get real. Can I tell you how hard it was even just to send that text? Because, you know, I mean, I don't want to let my guard down, just let somebody know, especially like another pastor, like, oh, man, that living word guy's a mess, you know? Like, no, just being willing to even just send that in the first place, there's this struggle, absolutely, but we have to say, how are we really? Well, here is how I really am. And this was somebody, listen, I'm not saying do this to everybody or anybody, this was somebody that I know I could trust and I know loves Jesus. I know carries the comfort of Christ. Let's get back to 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, Paul says. Okay, he's being very real. Far beyond our ability to endure. Completely overwhelmed, right? So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. We don't know exactly what Paul was going through, but he is very clear and very real about the fact that he was not okay. He was not okay in that time. He, he thought he would die. He was overwhelmed. I'm just asking you today, who are you talking like that with? 
Who are you that real with? Again, somebody trusted, somebody who loves Jesus, right? Let's keep going. But this happened, and this is a big part of this, okay? We're not going to jump into this whole aspect. We've handled this in other series. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. So he's, you know, a corner, little corner piece here, right, a little offshoot of this. Well, why did this happen, and why did they, Paul have to go through this experience? Well, man, his conclusion for what he walked through was that it helped him rely on Christ because it was way bigger than he was. But I love that Paul is real with the people about what he went through, but he also brings comfort. Hey, man, the same God that raises the dead has got us. He's got you, too. You're a comfort dispenser. Everybody say, I'm a comfort dispenser. That was really weak. That was lame. You don't believe it yet. I'm going to throw more bread, okay? Everybody say, I'm a comfort dispenser. Everybody say, I need a comfort dispenser. That's the truth. We're both. We, we are it and we need it. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Listen to this last line. As you help us by your prayers. Everybody say, Simpor Guntan. Yes, God bless you, exactly. This is the Greek here. That's a tough one. Yeah, I like how they put it up after I said it. Or did they yet? Yeah, you can go ahead and put it up. Yeah, now that they already tried to say it, we got it up on the screen for you, all right? I love this, though. See how it says, help us by your prayers? The Greek phrase here is that word, which means join in helping. And the picture that the author is trying to express, Paul has this vision in mind of a bunch of laborers under a great weight, working together to lift that great weight. That's what he's saying here when he says, help us by your prayers. Help us by your prayers. Let's lift this together. Guys, we so badly need others helping us by their prayers. We so badly need others helping hold up our arms like Moses as he got tired and had those that came alongside of him lifted up his arms that they would win the battle, right? We so badly need this and we so badly need to be this. Are you seeing today how Paul saw his life so intertwined with the other believers? Are you seeing how real he was about what he'd been through? Are you seeing how he was willing to let his guard down with this church that really he was over? You know what I mean? Like he was the one who was supposed to have all the answers here. And here he said, man, I was overwhelmed and I thought I was going to die. Help us by your prayers. And you guys are suffering. We're suffering. We're comforted. You're comforted. And it all works together. And so here's what I hope you're seeing today. I hope you're seeing that we've got to be real with somebody who carries the comfort of God so that we can receive the comfort God has for us. Like that's how this works. We have to be real with somebody who's already got some of that comfort at work in their life so that that we can then receive the comfort God wants to dispense through them to us. And then the other side of it is, I hope you're seeing the challenge, is that we've got to carry the comfort God has given us to others. But that's part of the role here. We call ourselves followers of Jesus. Like this is a huge part of it that we're willing to say, okay, I will walk with you. And I need somebody walking with me. And we're going to carry one another to Jesus. We so badly need one another. You know, if it wasn't for other Christians, I wouldn't even know where I'd be today. The times I've had to just pull somebody aside or the times I've had to ask somebody, hey, you get what I'm feeling right now? Or can you pray for me? Or man, I'm just discouraged. I'm so sad today. Can you just encourage me a little? Or can you pray for me? Or can you remind me what God says about this? Or I'm really struggling with this temptation. Would you call me once in a while and just check on me? Or, man, I just need to be reminded that Jesus is good today, you know? I need that. I'm guessing you need that. 
I think we all need that and we all need to be that. So have you been through something difficult? Well, then you are, somebody laughed. <laughs> then you are a comfort dispenser because if you've received any comfort in Jesus, be ready to start handing it off. What have you been through that God can use? What of your own mistakes? What of the old, own sin in our lives can we help others with? You know, one of my joys is to hang out with guys who are, are younger, you know, guys who are like young adults, college students, teenagers even, and just like help point them in the right direction, you know? And be able to look somebody in the eyes and say, hey, I so relate to that struggle. I was right there when I was your age. Man, in fact, when I was your age, the temptation you face, man, my temptation was, was way less tempting because for you, it's on your phone, it's on your, right? Or I, I see what you've gone through, social media, like, my gosh, the, the way people treat one another. I was bullied as a kid, but I can't even imagine the kids today because of what you're, right? So just be able to come alongside a, you know, a kid or a young adult or a college student and just say, like, I get it. Let my mistakes, the things I did wrong when I was your age, protect you or the things I learned, right? One of the things I love about our church right now is that we're having these beautiful discipleship relationships where somebody can come alongside somebody else and disciple them toward Christ. They're meeting all over the place. It's amazing. If, you're, if you want this, you need to go to the app and you need to sign up for discipleship slash mentoring, okay? If you want to be a discipleship uh, or a discipler or a mentor, reach out to us because it's happening all over the place. There are people connected who have these relationships throughout the week where just one is helping another, one is encouraging another. Somebody a little further down the road in their relationship with God is helping somebody a little further back. And it's beautiful. It's what we're supposed to be doing. It's what God calls us to do and to be. Who are you being real with? We need to just stop saying good. Listen, if you're good, say good. That's awesome. Praise God. Some of you here today are like, man, I am good. Praise God you're good. That's awesome. What a gift. What a blessing. But for the rest of us, we need to start being real with somebody. We need to, for those of us who already are, we need to continue being real with somebody. And again, I'm not saying we do this with strangers or just anybody or every time anybody ever asks us, we have to go into it, right? You never get anywhere. You'll, you'll be, on, you know, be at the store for like four hours. You walk up to the guy who's handing out the carts and he'll be like, how's it going? You'll be like, well, <laughs> see, I was driving upstate this past weekend and a deer came out of the woods out of nowhere and I told him my car and I was calling my girlfriend to tell her, I was like, can you send me some money so I can get there? And she broke up with me right there on the spot. And then the cops came, and I didn't have my insurance up to date. And so they gave me a ticket, and I got to appear before a judge. And my uncle's a judge, and he's a jerk, and I really hope this guy's not a jerk. And right, like, you'll just be, and the dude's like, here's your cart. Have a good one, you know? Like, and then you go to the deli counter, and the lady's like, oh, how's it going? And you're like, well, I was just telling Billy out on carts, right? Like, you run into your neighbors. Oh, you know Janessa from the deli? I just told her. Like, you would never get anywhere, okay? But who is somebody who loves Jesus? that you can really confide in. Now, why do I think it's important that they love Jesus? Because you're not just looking for a nice word. Like a nice word's good. You're not just even looking for a friend. You need something very specific, and so do I. We need the comfort of Christ. We need the comfort that God gives. And so maybe it's somebody in your community group. Maybe it's that one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationship. Maybe if you're a kid, it's your 22-6 leader or your youth leader at the green room. Maybe it's your uh, best friend who loves Jesus. Maybe it's your spouse who loves Jesus. Maybe it's just a friend you work with or go to school with. Like, who is that person? Maybe it's a Christian counselor. We recommend faithfulcounseling.com. They do an amazing job of coming alongside people. Maybe it's someone here on staff. I don't know. Just who is your person 
And again, our team's here. We want to help, but imagine what hundreds of us could do on this island if we just walked around with some comfort of Christ. Said, hey, sounds like you're hurting. Sounds like you're going through something. Earlier in the week, I was at my daughter's softball game, and I'm on the sideline, and I saw a family that I kind of know. I know them sort of well. And I just said, hey, guys, how's it going? Doing good? And they both just went, uh, yeah. And in my heart, I was like, you lying. <laughs> you could tell. And so who are you real with and who is real with you? Because you've been uniquely equipped to be a comfort dispenser. And you've been through some stuff that you probably need some comfort on the other side of. And I just think it'd be the coolest thing in the world if we were that for one another. It's really what we're called to be. It's not even like this is a little extra add-on. No, this is really what we're called to be and do as followers of Jesus. And so I sent that pastor friend a text, and he texted me back. I totally get it. But then he said, can we get together? Can we grab coffee? And clearly he doesn't know Doug Jansen that well because Doug Jansen doesn't drink coffee. So he got coffee, and I got a hot chocolate caramel because I'm a child. So... But we sat and we talked and he was able to encourage me and he was able to say, this is what I experienced and he's probably about 10, 12 years older than me and here's where, what I went through and here's what I've been feeling and, and here's where I am now. And he was also able to just shine different lights and give different wisdom that I just needed because I hadn't walked through that necessarily or been honest with somebody about it before. And you know what's funny is I get this comfort, and, and so this is over a month ago now, I think somewhere around there, and, and the, what he said in that moment has stuck with me every single day. Like this, this, this would have been a, an ongoing struggle for me daily that would have been a little bit debilitating, I think, and, and what he said is something I, I cling to literally every day. And what's also funny is within 24 hours of meeting with him, this is so beautiful, I was taking the comfort he gave me and I was literally giving it to somebody else. Same exact issue. And somebody got real with me. I said, you will not believe this. I just talked with another guy yesterday going through the same thing. Let me tell you what he comforted me with and let me go ahead and pass that along. And that's the power of this. And so I don't know what you've necessarily been through. I do know what some of you are going through. And I just want to say that there are people here that love you and want to carry the comfort of Christ to you. But I think it's time to unleash the greater army, so to speak, here in the room and online to recognize that potential in all of us and also recognize the ability that we all have to, it's okay, let our guard down with somebody who loves Jesus and somebody we trust and be real with them. Because I think there are more of us wrestling with anxiety than ever before, depression than ever before, numbing out with drugs and alcohol like never before. I think there are people in this room and watching right now that have thought in this last season, maybe it'd be better if I just wasn't here at all. And you need, and I need, and we need so badly to say, wait a minute, I've got some comfort I can share. I know 
what you've walked through. I know the pain of it, and I'm not perfect, and I am certainly still on the mend still, but I can give you hope because I think I'm just a little further in the process than you are. And so can I just tell you that God's got you? Can I just tell you that the Savior who raises the dead is able to carry you? And the grace and the strength always exceeds the suffering and the pain. You are a comfort dispenser, and you need a comfort dispenser in your life. How are you really? Find somebody to be honest about the answer on that question. Because you and I, man, we're loved. We have a Savior who just so loves us, so gets us. And next week we'll talk about the comfort he gives right to us. But a huge part of this is one another. And so go to somebody who's got some comfort of Christ so that you can get the comfort God has for you and carry the comfort God's given to you, to others. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you want us to be real. I thank you want us to be real with you and also to one another. And I pray that you'll help us today, God, is. Oh, man, there are so many weights in so many lives. God, as I said, so many people I know just going through seven or eight just monumentally difficult situations. And I just pray that you will help us, God. And I pray that we will receive comfort from you. But I pray to you, God, that Living Word Church will be a place that we carry comfort to one another. I pray this week, At work, school, home, neighborhood, friendships, we will carry the comfort of Christ to others. And I pray that we'll get real with somebody about how we are. So if you're here today and you need the comfort of God in your life, would you just first say, God, would you comfort me directly? But then can you also say, God, would you send somebody that I could be real with. In fact, I would love for you just to even think right now, if that person already exists in your life, somebody who loves Jesus, somebody you can trust, maybe somebody who's walked through what you've been through, or maybe not even, but just somebody that'll listen and be there. Can can you just think about that person for a minute? And can you just pray for the boldness to reach out to them? And now would you pray about this? Would you say something like, God, you know the things I've been through. You know my failures, and you know the pain I've walked through. And God, would you make me a comfort dispenser that I would carry the comfort you've given me to others? If you're not a father of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You could just say something like this, Jesus, thank you for becoming like me, walking in my shoes, giving your life in my place, making me right with God. Thank you for your forgiveness, your love, and your mercy. Jesus, help me to know you, find comfort in you, and carry that comfort to others. In your name I pray, amen.